that. He just didn't he do it. Throw the football. Yeah, he could throw the football. He just couldn't throw accurately. It. It was just you picture Josh Allen who runs a four two. <laughs> no, Josh, we're not even going to because Michael Vick. If you're joining us now, Michael Vick has a better arm than Josh Allen. I'm just saying. No, he doesn't. Yes. Yep. No, Josh. Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Michael Vick is. Playing I, no, I'm saying better arm. Was. Michael Vick has a better arm than Josh Allen. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Josh right, Allen's pick. more accurate, and he can throw the wall further. And Thank you for joining us uh, mid-debate on this. Uh, I didn't expect to get all riled up when we were getting into this. Uh, when Sully brought up Michael Vick right before I hit the live button. So, uh, again, thanks for joining us. We're going to kick right into the intro here. we got a lot of stuff to get to, so I don't want to waste a whole lot of time talking about why Michael Vick is better. Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us on Infinity Sports. It is Facebook. We are live. We are also live on YouTube. Maybe you're watching us there. Please feel free to participate on the show. You can comment, and we will put your comments up there and reply to them, or somebody else will reply to them, one or the other. Uh, I am recording out of my attic today. You can tell the background's a little bit different. Uh, I'm doing a few different things here, seeing how it plays out. If it does well, we'll just keep doing it. If it doesn't, then, well, it's a conversation with the missus. Yeah. I'm clearly still in the cat room, so there we go. Oh, yeah, the cat's got his own room. Huh? The two cats have their own room. Yeah, oh, nice. We also got a dog, you know, and the cat, the dog will eat the cats, so they have their own room. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, if you are watching us again, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, you can find the shows in their entirety. YouTube, you can find the video show in its entirety. We will broadcast tomorrow. It is the following day on the RTF Sports Network, soon to be the All-ACCS Network. So definitely uh, check us out, even when we rebrand the All-ACC Network. Maybe we can get um, Charlie Ward on, finally. Cause... Finally. You know, I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to get all them. You know, I'm up here in Tallahassee. I'll let them know, hey, you know, we're part of the All-ACCS Network <laughs> now. And uh, maybe that'll that'll get us some ins there. They'll be like, what's the All-ACCS? Say, well, it's like the All-ACC, but with a crappier logo. Yeah, with just a worse logo and a name that doesn't make sense. Uh, you can interact with us on Infinity Sports at Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Sports Infinity Five. Visit the website at Infinity Sports Podcast.com where you can have access to all of our social media sites as well as the store where you can find Infinity Sports Gear 12 is Greater Than Nine Gear, which seems to be a very popular seller, and the Sully Collection with the gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? We got to come up with a new saying. One of us has to say something really clever here really clever i mean that's on you i'm never i've never been known as a clever one so yeah well we got uh, some comments uh see buck says all comments of course all comments course. Are welcome. oh god here it comes now and you have, door, uh, your internet sucks right now okay well doing the best we can well maybe that's part of the attic you know you never know i don't think it is but we'll see what happens there um 
Okay, yeah, so thank you for that. Uh, we are going to have a big show here for you. We got a lot of stuff to get to. We got news. We got this day in history, NFL, NHL, NBA. We've got an Infinity Five. Might come across as a little lame because, well, to be honest with you, we did kind of throw it together last minute, but hopefully you like it anyways. We got a nice lead into it. I got a nice little video intro into it. Hey, there you go. Um, so let's kick things off with the news. And I did not time that well. The news. Still did not time it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the news, well, the news intro that we do. And, of course, if you're used to it, you're used to me messing it up about every single time. Uh, we do have a couple more comments. Let's take a look. Uh, oh, Michael says, how about the No Jesse collection? <laughs> <laughs> we could do, like, a, the head, question mark, head. There that would be funny. And, uh, of course, a laughing face. Uh, if Jesse's watching, obviously, you, know, you have the ability if to If Jesse's watching, we'll know very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so getting into the news it is this day in history it's how we like to kick things off um, the way I wanted to kick it off not to be on a kind of a somber note but we did miss uh, on the Monday episode 9-11 right we had 9-11 was uh, the previous Friday and I just kind of all over Facebook it was like where were you where were you and I just kind of want to tell my story get your story which was I was golfing at a golf course called Airways Golf Course in Suffield, Connecticut. It's right next to uh, Bradley International. And normally when you're playing there, it was a great course. There's like planes flying overhead. You got to stop. There were no planes that day. And it was really weird. I didn't notice it until later, but like we just played our round, got up early and we went out at 630. So before anything happened. And then by the time we finished our round, my buddy who I went with, his uh, cell phone was in the car. He had 25 messages or something like that. He starts listening to him. And he says, oh my God. He goes, hey, you know, the country's under attack. And I said, what? Because the country's under attack. He goes, they hit the Pentagon. He goes, you know the Twin Towers in New York? I'm like, yeah. He goes, they're gone. They're rubble now. And I just remember being like really scared, like feeling like a sick stump, sickness in my stomach. Like I didn't know what was, nobody knew what was happening or what was going on. So that was kind of my story. And then obviously, you know, we figured things out and, you know, there were no more incidents after the Pentagon and the one plane that crashed in uh, Pennsylvania or Ohio, whatever it was. But um, that was my story. I mean, what about you? What were you on 9-11? Uh, I was in high school. Uh, I was actually in geometry class. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're in class and then our teacher stops everything. And, you know, I'm assuming she got a text or a notification and she turned on the TV. Um, and then I remember uh, something coming over the intercom. Uh, we were all allowed to, like, call our parents and things like that. So then I got on the phone. Uh, my mom texted and called and then she came and got me and then we just went home and just kind of spent the day at home. Uh, I didn't really kind of, you know, kind of grasp what was going on, even though I was an adult, you know, ish, you know, I was 14, 15. So you don't really know what's going on at the time, but man, it, you know, it was obviously so intense. Yeah. And my grandmother said that she got up, uh, puts on the news and, you know, there was one building was on fire and then she saw the second plane live, you know, hit the, the second tower. Yeah. And I saw it as well. It was, it was pretty, I, I don't know. Well, she yeah. thought she was watching a Die Hard movie. Like she didn't think it was real. You know, she yeah. just turned it on. I mean, you th you you did think it was. It looked like a movie. You know, it was it was horrific. It was you know, it was something you obviously that you'll never forget. <sighs> but from that, we've got to uh, another personal story. I'll get to here on nine twelve, nineteen ninety two. Michael Happy Kane. birthday, mom. Nine twelve. Mm. Hey, happy birthday, happy uh, birthday, Jim Sullivan. I love you to death. Thanks for sharing the show. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so on 1992, Michael Chang, who was at the time the number three tennis player in the world, loses in the U.S. Open in the longest match ever in U.S. Open history, five hours and 26 minutes. Um, the reason I brought it up because my stepdad went to college with Michael Chang, and my uh, stepdad also played tennis, uh, not on the team or anything like that. He just liked to play recreational tennis, and he said that Michael Chang would always practice by himself. He'd be hitting balls just for hours and hours and hours. And uh, one day my stepdad was like, oh, you know what? I'll ask him if he wants to play because he's always over there by himself. And he was like, hey, do you want to you play? I'm, I'm over here warmed up if you want to play. And he said Michael Chang looked at him and was like, no, thanks. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, oh. that's yeah. the story. So, <laughs> you don't want to play me. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. Is it now, that's the longest match in U.S. Open history, right? Because didn't the – Super tall guy, God, what's his name? Isner, didn't he play like a in like eight hour match? It had a, it went over two days. It, but what I can't remember if that was the yeah, well, McEnroe played in like one of those really really long matches. I can't remember. No, yeah, this was, was just recently. This was like you know just two years ago. Um, I can't remember his name. It, it went like thirteen sets or something crazy like that. I can't remember. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it, it could be longer. Like This was just the U.S. Open one. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I only brought it up so I could tell the Michael Chang story. Shocker. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, September 13th, 1909, your favorite player of all time, uh, Ty Cobb, uh, <laughs> wins the American League home run title. How many do you think he hit? 24. Nine. Wow. Yeah. American League home run title with nine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that just says all you need to know about ball players in 1900. And then, uh, you know, Babe Ruth comes along and smacks 50. And like, <laughs> 50 and just changes the game. That's awesome. Uh, also, September 13th, 1991. This is an interesting, this would have been great for our um, trivia stuff, but Joe Carter becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to get three consecutive 100 RBI seasons each with a different team, three different teams. Oh, wow. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So he guess he did it with the Indians, then the Padres, then the Blue Jays. Wow. That's that's actually – I mean, damn. How do you let somebody go three straight years that gets 100 ribbies three straight years? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all you get traded for prospects and whatnot. And then he ended yeah. up winning a World Series in Toronto. So. Yeah. I mean, it worked out for him. Shit. Uh, July 14th, 1991. How about this? Another – Crazy stat day. We're gonna call it today crazy stat day. July fourteenth. So, why do we call about? Why do we care? Oh, I'm about sorry. Sep- September fourteenth. Yeah, I don't know because I'm. <laughs> uh, September fourteenth, nineteen ninety one. San Diego State freshman running back Marshall Falk runs for three hundred and eighty six yards and seven touchdowns against Pacific. <laughs> Jesus, that's a lot of yards and that's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, for a kid who's like nineteen. Just like, <laughs> yeah, not even. I mean, shit. That's insane. Good for him. Marshall Folk was fantastic. I always liked Pacific, too. When I think of Pacific, you know what I think of? You probably won't know because it's basketball. Uh, Michael Oluwakandi was from Pacific. Yeah, I don't. I think of the uh, the wide receiver. I mean, I can't remember his name now, but uh, he's just a stud wide receiver that came out of there. We do a lot of those weird college football drafts in Pacific. one of those fun schools you can grab. Yeah. Um, September 14th, 1994. This is a famous date. Uh, Major League Baseball owners vote to cancel the rest of the season in the World Series. So I always thought it was a strike. Like the players were on strike, but maybe they were. And then just like the owners said, hey, we're just going to cancel the season then. Yeah. The players were on strike and the owners canceled at that point. It's always the owner's fault. Always, always, always. It's it's the money. You know what I mean? It's the money. 
And it's so funny because all they want to do is just share the money. Like, hey, listen, how about we get, you know, 30%, you guys keep 70%. The owner's like, nope, cancel the season. (laughs) (laughs) No, fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. September 14th, 2003, Jamal Lewis has 30 carries for 295 yards and two touchdowns as the Ravens beat the Browns 33 to 13. I believe that's still the all-time record, 295 yards in the game, right? I thought AP broke it. Did he? I know he had over 200 in the game. I didn't know, or 275. I know he went over I, I could be wrong. Um, let's find out. Because that one I would like to know. Yeah, AP broke it, 296. Oh, uh, okay. God damn it. Then he went home and beat his kid. I know. Then he probably went home and beat his kid because he didn't feel good enough. And then we got, um, obviously, uh, he had broken, I don't know if it was broken, but OJ Simpson had 275 yards, uh, speaking of other pieces of shit, people, uh, back in like the 70s, also on like <laughs> September 13th or something. Oh, wow, that's wild. Uh, September 15th, 1990, Bobby Thigpen becomes the first pitcher to get 50 saves in a game. In a game, fifty saves in the season, and I remember like his baseball card coming out and had like a big fifty over it, and that was really, I guess, the birth of the specialized closer, right? You had Thigpen and Eckersley were like your two first like closers. Yeah, for sure, and I mean Eckersley, I think went on to win an MVP too. So I mean, like these guys ended up showing their value. You think about it nowadays, that could never happen, you know? Yeah, I know that you and I value the position of closer a lot differently. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. Yeah. On September 16th, I thought this one was interesting. I couldn't find anything about it. So if any of our viewers know anything about it, definitely let us know. Leo DeRocher is suspended from Ebbets Field for inciting a riot. When? Uh, 1940, uh, September 16th. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I saw that there was a picture from it because I was was doing all kinds of Google searches to try to find out exactly what happened. And we know Leo DeRocher, I think, has like one of the major league records. He's top five in ejections. Like he used to argue with the umpires all the time. And I'm guessing that's what started it. And uh, the picture I saw online was of a fan had tackled the umpire and was throwing punches at him. That's awesome. He probably got fans to come down. And I don't know if he like called them down or if it was just like he incited it because he started arguing with the umpire to start things off. Yeah, you know, he definitely probably called him down. He's like, "Let's get this fucker." <laughs> <laughs> That's my well, kind of guy. Also, September sixteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, Mark McGuire is traded to the Cardinals and signs a three-year, twenty-eight and a half million dollar contract. Uh, so I guess that's the reason he was traded there was because uh, Oakland was just not going to pay him. Yeah. And he goes to St. Louis, signs the deal there, which they didn't think he was going to sign a deal. They thought he was going to be a rental and just go there for the half a season and then be a free agent. But signed long term, and it was uh, the very following year. We had the summer of 98. And then the rest is history. It was the summer that saved baseball. And that leads us to September 16th, 2000. Sammy Sosa joins Mark McGuire as the only players to have three consecutive 50-plus home run seasons. I think Sosa ended up having four consecutive, and three of those he had over 60 home runs. So, But I don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Either do I, actually. Other than those four seasons, he's a pretty below-average baseball player. Yeah, and so that's I, think, I think that's what keeps him out. Because we've talked about like the steroid thing doesn't matter. I mean, A Rod should be in, Bond should be in, you know. But just because his whole career, like you said, is just those four seasons. Yeah, it's it's mediocrity, mediocrity, peak, 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 mediocrity, mediocrity, and and I don't think you can get into the Hall of Fame for that. No, you have some sort of a sustained excellence. Yeah, even if it's, I mean, I'll take an eight-year sample size 
like you know like you know that's that's a good 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 sample size but you know when you're average at best i can't do that so our first bit of big news big news right is the the big 10 is going to play football starting october 24th now <laughs> is, that, is that right did i get it right yeah no yeah i just think it's funny yeah, well, I think it's funny too because obviously it's they saw all these other schools playing. And they said, "Well, well, f it. Let's uh, we're losing two hundred million dollars not playing. Let's just play." Exactly, and and what's what's what makes me laugh and what pisses me off about it is they're saying, "Oh, they have new, more detailed reports, and you're getting the tests faster." And bullshit. You had all of this. No information has changed. You knew what was happening. These other schools had the same information you had, and they decided it was fine. Now, all of a sudden, you're seeing the money they're making and the money you're losing, and now you're scrambling to get your season back. And so don't claim it's all about medical information, blah, blah, blah. It's the dollars, and it, that's what pisses me off. Straight up dollars. I'm curious if they're going to have enough time to get ready. I guess it's the end of October. they got plenty of time to get in shape and whatnot. But I'm I'll excited to see – if if I was one of the other coaches, I, I, it, the commissioners, and you, you had to vote to get in, I wouldn't allow them to play in the playoff, would you? Uh, well, again, if it's all about money, then yeah. But I mean, it's it's but it's down to the the commissioner. Like you know, each person gets a vote, and it's got to be unanimous. If I'm in there, I say, well, shit, my school's got to play three ex- two extra games than you. You know, like why why should you just be allowed in? But that happens anyways because we have like the conference championship game is usually like you have the SEC South versus the SEC North or whatever it is, and and then you end up having like one team that's eleven and one, and then there's another team in the playoffs that's nine and zero. You know, it's just that happens anyways. So I don't I don't worry about that. I just think if you're a team that if I'm a commissioner, I'm looking at it, and Ohio State's undefeated, and I know that having Ohio State play against Alabama is going to make more money than having, you know. Uh, Wyoming play against Alabama, then why wouldn't I have Ohio State? Because it's not. It's you're an SEC commissioner and having Ohio nine and Ohio State instead of your second place SEC team that played a full schedule doesn't get in. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. That's really what it is. And then it's that's really what it comes down to. Now, it all depends because Ohio State's trying to get I believe it's eight or nine games and then the playoff. So they'll have a ten game schedule, which I'm okay with. But the issue becomes is if you wait longer than that, I think they should be forced to come back in like two or three weeks and just get it started at this point. Because the longer you wait, the oh shit, the longer you wait, sorry, the longer you the damn cat walked under and, and messed with. We have two cats by the way, and messed with the uh, thing. But anyway, the longer you wait, the worse it gets. So I, I would like to see them start right away. Uh, but you know, I agree. You know, it's going to be tough to keep an Ohio State out. Ohio State just looks good. You know, on paper they were the number two team in the nation. So, you know, it, it, the NCAA obviously wants them in. We'll see about the other commissioners. Now, I can't remember the ACC is not playing, right? Yeah, they are. Oh, they are okay. Right, and only the Big Twelve and the Pac Ten. I mean, okay. the Pac Twelve and the Big Ten, even though. They only have 12 and 10 teams separately. But, yes, only those are the only two. And the Pac-12 still has said they're not coming back. Um, so the Big Ten is, is now back, and it'll be the Big Ten, Big 12, uh, ACC, and because the Notre Dame's in the ACC now. Okay. Yeah, I saw that their game was on the other day. I didn't watch really any of it, but I saw it was on. Yeah, and it was technically their first conference win, you know what I mean, because they beat yeah. Duke. So. Oh, that's, that's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, less exciting news, uh, Steve Cohen, a billionaire hedge fund manager, is purchasing the New York Mets. 
I guess the sale is final on that. Major League Baseball just has to approve, which it looks like they're going to do. I only think it's relevant because I know we were talking for, I mean, Jesus, months that it was going to be A-Rod and J-Lo. We're trying to get you know money together to be owners. And then out of nowhere, this Steve Cohen. I had to look it up. It's like, who the hell is Steve Cohen? He's yeah. a hedge fund manager. Uh, I, know. I thought, it, is he related to the Cohen brothers? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than ownership changing, it's not really big news. You know, we'll see. The Mets have traditionally been a, a kind of a poorly run, run organization. I mean, obviously they're famous for the Bobby Bonilla contract, you know, so I mean, we'll see, you know, I, I don't expect really much to change within that franchise. The, this one I actually have an image for, and, and it kind of upset me is I saw that there was a. 49ers fan on Instagram. His name was Niners Eight, and I guess that he had messaged Buddha Baker and called him the N word and said he was a slave, and uh, got booted off of Instagram. But look, he's back as Niners Eight Eight Eight, and his only post is "Y'all dumb ASF." You do know what that stands for, right? I do. Okay, I just wanted to check. You're old. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is just horrible, and it's disgusting, and I mean, it's it's everything that's wrong. Now, luckily, you know, we're able to find out now with, you know, these digital footprints and things, who this guy is and things like that. The 49ers have come out and obviously said they're totally against this and want nothing to do with this, and as, 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 as like, a, as a team statement, you know. Like, they're trying to figure out who he is as much and will ban him from all games, I'm sure. Um, you know, racism – especially, you know, in this form shouldn't happen and it won't happen. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll cut this shit out real quick. Well, I do want to put it up there just one more time. So if you are watching your fan Niners 888, make sure you cyber bully this guy. I'm normally against that, but if you type in Niners 888, make sure you say all kinds of stuff to him, which I know is against Buddha Baker's wishes. He said, you know, pray for the guy. You yeah. know, he said doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. But even on that one post, I saw a bunch of people just calling him a piece of crap, which he is. So. I mean, he is. And I mean, you know, he's probably doing it to be a troll anyway. So, you know, for honestly, I, I'd say don't even give him the time of day. Don't give him the attention. Uh, let him just be miserable with, with his life. Now, uh, news, Lionel Messi, who it looked like forever was going to go to Manchester City, ended up just staying with Barcelona and got uh, 98 million pounds per year. He's going to be the second billionaire you know, before taxes uh, soccer player. So I don't understand. I mean, are they still on bad terms or are they just like, hey, you know, okay, they are. So I think it's like two years and he's beca- he can do whatever he wants, right, in two years. Uh, yeah, he said some quote or something about I, – I, I didn't know we were going to speak about him today or I would have had it. Uh, he mentioned that he still doesn't want to own it, but the ownership and the person that he has an issue with, like the president or whatever, says, hey, I'll leave the club. I'll step down. I'll get out of here. And so I think that may have kind of eased things. He may have taken a lesser role at the club or, or taken a more of a, you know, out Consultant. of – yeah, just away from the place kind of thing. Um, but I, honestly, I'm not sure. You you make somebody a billion dollar player, they're going to stay where they where they are. Yeah, for sure. And I think <laughs> if I were him, if I had a billion dollars or you know get a tax, so let's say he's worth five hundred million, which I think is very safe, probably more than that. Yeah. I mean, if I'm him, why not buy an MLS team and then play for it? Because I'm thinking you would so much money as the only that you played for. Yeah, I mean, you think you would. I mean, it's not as simple as just get in there and buy a team. But, I mean, I, the MLS, I know, would love that, too. I mean, that would be a money-making galore for us. Yeah. 
forever. And you're like, oh man, Lionel Messi's gonna be on every game will be broadcast. Yeah. And you figure if you, if you were asked because I think that Beckham bought was was it the Miami? CFC. I think that was somewhere around like 350 million or something like that. I thought it was actually expensive for an MLS team, but it's in Miami to get their own stadium and whatnot. And again, if if Messi could buy a team for 350 or 500 and then play for that team, I guarantee in two years that team would be worth 750 or a billion. Oh, for sure. And they'd win the league, which would win all them bonuses and things like that because he'd step onto the field and destroy anyone right now. So. I mean, it'd be huge. I mean, it, it's, I'm sure it's something he's thought about. Like we mentioned, part of the deal with his MLS or with his Man City deal was what he had to come over and play for the New York franchise. So, uh, I, you know, that we would have got to see him then, but we won't now. And then the last thing I had for news before we get into each individual sport, really, is something that we missed uh, last episode. And I, so Skip Bayless. Uh, we'd seen a headline that basically said Skip Bayless says that Dak Prescott is mentally weak and not fit to be a leader because he had depression after his brother killed himself. Now, so on the surface, you think, man, Skip Bayless, what a piece of shit, you know? And I watched the 12-minute clip between him and Shannon Sharp where they're discussing this. In context, it's not as bad as the headline was. I mean, in context, basically he says, listen, you know, I wouldn't say it if I was him because other teams will use that against you. So you are the leader of the Dallas Cowboys, and now you've put your team as a target into things because you get sacked. And what's the defender going to say? Oh, you feeling down, bro? You know, you throw an interception, and they're going to say, you know, it's something they're going to use against you. The other team is going to say to you and try to talk trash to you about it. He goes, so I wouldn't have brought it up. And I know because I just think that nowadays players don't want to hear that and all this whatnot. And I said, all right, I kind of understand what he's saying there. And Shannon Sharp said something smart, believe it or not. He was talking about how like this this wouldn't play in the nineties. He was when I played, like you would never come out and say that. You know, he was but it's a new era and all these guys know each other and it's one of those things nobody's gonna say anything to him about it, especially since it has to do with his brother. And I think Skip even said, like this doesn't his whole brother committing suicide, that's awful. And I'm not definitely not gonna speak to that. And I'm not a you know clinical expert and I'm not gonna talk about clinical depression in that sense. He was but he also said that he was feeling depressed about COVID nineteen. Because I know that depression is something that's going on right now because of COVID-19 and people under house arrest and all this other thing. He goes, but if that is causing you depression, you know, then what about a two-game losing streak? What's that going to do to you? You know, he goes, so so in context in the 12 minutes, and I couldn't find a good clip because I wanted to try to find a good clip. But within the full 12-minute context, I, I felt a lot better about what Skip was saying. I still disagree with him. But I don't think he's a big a dick as you know the headlines. No, I mean I, I did watch the whole thing also, and I don't know. I still kind of disagree with the state. I think it kind of just plays to the fact that that I don't know that men shouldn't have these feelings, and they aren't allowed to be depressed or have anxiety and you know things like that, and they're weak if they do. And you know, meanwhile nowadays, you know, it's it should you know it's kind of the opposite. You have these things and you're open about it, and you know it can make you stronger in the moment and things like that. So you know, how do we don't know that Dak came out and said this in front of his team and inspired his team for them to rally behind him and made it a leadership moment like that? You know what I mean? So it's like you know, how do you know it's it's making him it's it's a weakness or it's a leadership flaw and things like that? And I just I just hate when people speak out of context like that, and more so you know, about, you know, the mental side of things. Like, you know, uh, you don't know what he's thinking. You don't know, you know, what's going on in his head. So, uh, I don't know. It still irks me the wrong way. 
It, and I understand the uh, stigma, if you will, around depression, because while I do think it's real and it needs to be dealt with as soon as possible, if it's a symptom that you're having or if you are depressed, I also feel like it's something that's overdiagnosed, kind of like ADHD. You know, it's it's there's only so many cases a lot of times that people are just bummed out for a day, but they get diagnosed with depression. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things. No, I, I actually do agree with you. I do think it is overdiagnosed. However, oh, excuse me, that doesn't take away from those true diagnoses and the ones that are actually affected. You know what I mean? That shouldn't make them feel weak about their diagnosis. Now, I wanted to get into the actual sports here. We've got NHL news is what I wanted to start off with. Let's start off with with Dallas. They close out the series 4-1. We, we said that that's what they're going to do, right? They, I mean, but just shocked, right? Because that Knights team never put up a fight. Right? Ever. And that's the most shocking part. Dallas winning isn't really that shocking. We had mentioned they were playing peak hockey. You know, but Vegas, I mean, they were playing as bad as they could. Robert Lanier just fell off a cliff. He was letting in easy goals. They were cheap. A lot of them were just goals he stops on a regular basis and he just looked bad their team just looked ominously gassed i mean they looked tired and dallas didn't dallas put it to him and i would be remiss if i didn't ask what the hell happened with tampa bay i mean going out there and losing three to two and we were talking about this last episode you said these guys are just gonna win four one it's over now and then the I new mean, islanders come out take another one they lost in overtime it's still it's three two now um, they didn't lose three to two. The series is three two. They lost two to one in overtime, um, and you know it's a double overtime game too. So it's like you know, to be fair, you know we're still playing great hockey. We're still putting up a bag fight. You know the Islanders are fighting for their life right now. So obviously they're going to come out and play tough. You know we'll see what happens this game. We we tend to have bounce back games when we lose. We haven't lost two in a row yet. Uh, I don't expect it to happen. Um, you know I expect us to close it out right here. I don't I don't expect to see a game seven. Well, and this is something that I brought up last episode, and I'll kind of bring it up again, is that the NHL is the one of the major four major sports where you can go down 3-0 and it doesn't mean anything. 3-0 is still 0-0. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't mean anything. And so as a Lightning fan, does it make you nervous at all that they made the series 3-2? I mean, obviously, it, it, I don't feel as confident as I did when we were up 3-1 and, and had a chance to close it out in overtime, but I still feel like we're a favorite in the series. I still feel very comfortable to win. You know, we've still got two games to close it out. They've still got to fight for their life. So the the pressure is still technically on them. So I'm, I feel great, honestly. All right. And that leads us into, again, my more realm, the NBA realm. And I have a video clip to kick things off with uh, NBA. Hawk at seven, working against Butler. Got downhill. Couldn't punch it. Bam says, get it out of here. Out of bio. Sky high with the block and rejection. So, quite the block, uh, block on a dunk. You know, I mean, and it looked like Tatum cocked it back. He was throwing it down uh, hard, and Bam was he had power too. And Bam said no. I mean, I look back on it, and while it was happening, I thought he should have laid it up. Um, I get the emphatic dunk is, is nice, but man, I thought I should have laid it up and then watching it back. It's so much harder to block a shot coming from the opposite side under the rim. If it's a layup than a dunk. And, and I mean, I think it would have gone in, but I mean, hindsight's 2020, obviously I'm sitting on my couch. <laughs> um, 
So the final score of that one, uh, I have it here, is 117-114, overtime game. But what a weird game And that we've got quarter one, it's 26-18 Boston. They win by eight points, basically. Uh, quarter two, they lose 37-29 by eight points, so they're tied 55-55 at the half. Quarter three starts, 28-16 Boston. Quarter four, 35-23. So basically, Miami scored 18-37, 16-35. And I'm just curious, like, I don't understand how that happens, especially since they scored 37 in the second quarter, that Brad Stevens at halftime has got to be like, listen, man, we held them to 18 in the first. Let's do that. They come out, they hold them to 16. The first thing I would have said at the start of the fourth quarter is like, let's not give up 30 again this quarter. Yeah, exactly. We don't give up 30. We win this game. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler played out of his mind. That guy is playing incredible basketball right now. I mean, nobody can guard him. Even Tatum can't guard him. I mean, the guy's just playing freaky basketball right now, and he's putting his team on his shoulders. You know, Tyler Herrero's hitting big shots. You know, I mean, Miami's tough to beat. Well, the real killer for Boston, if because Butler only had 20. You know, uh, Crowder had 22, 18 for Adebayo, 29-7-4 and four for Dragic. Like, you can't stop Goran Dragic? Well, it's the that's what... Miami does they've got seven guys that are gonna score 12 to 20 points and then one of those seven's gonna go off one night and it's which one you know I guarantee you next game Goran Dragic doesn't score near that but Jimmy Butler has 27 or Tyler Herrero has 27 or Duncan Robinson has 26 or something like that I think I mean that's what that's how they're built well, and, and we talk about Tatum, who, who got blocked on the dunk. Tatum had 30 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. I mean, he's a, I'd say, top five talent in the NBA. I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, if I'm building a team, he's up there because of his age. Just as he is, I think there are guys better than him because, you know, I think some older guys, I think I'd still take just pure talent right now. But, I mean, yeah, Jason Taylor, I mean, he's a freak of nature. He's super young. You know, he plays defense well. You know, I, I love Jason Tatum. I think he's, you know, I, I hate the Lakers for not taking him. I really <laughs> did. I, hate, I hated that from when it happened. See, I liked it when it happened because I'm a big Lonzo Ball guy. And so when they got him, I was like, all right, sweet. We got Lonzo Ball. And unlike, so Tatum is becoming a superstar. And my whole thing with Lonzo Ball is that, he has moments where he looks like what he was supposed to be. Like he'll average a triple double for a month, you know, and then it's like the next month he averages eight points a game. It just he's weird. He had a better three point percentage than Devin Booker this season. I know. <laughs> I love I love that statistic. He's still got an ugly shot. He didn't fix anything. Yeah, he didn't fix it. Uh, Marcus Smart with twenty six points, and I was watching this game, and I mean he was hitting everything, but he was also taking every shot. He was a black hole. And I don't know how many times he came down and was like jacked a three on a fast break. And there's, it's a three on one fast break. Like there's a dunk. Like, what are you doing? And even if he makes it, it's still a bad shot. Well, if he makes it, it's a good shot. Uh, But (laughs) uh, I mean, it's a results oriented game. I mean, if you make it, it's a three pointer instead of a two pointer. So it's a better shot, but I hear you. I I agree. I think, you know, there were a lot of kind of shaky plays there. Jason Tatum's hucking up that three with 22 seconds left was I didn't make any sense to me either. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, do you have Jalen Brown's stats in front of you? Uh, yeah, he had uh, 17 points, five rebounds, two assists. See, I think he's got to score more points. He's got to be a bigger factor for that team, in my opinion, if they're going to win. Um, I would love to see him around the 25-26 market game. 
you know what the, the knock on Jalen Brown is? He's, he's a great athlete. Oh, yeah. But can't shoot. No. He, he attacks and he plays great defense. And, uh, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but he needs to be a, a better shooter on that team. Well, I was looking over the team stats. Here's the thing is that, you know, three-pointers, three-pointers made, three-pointers attempted, field goal percentage, turnovers, everything was pretty equal between the two teams. The one killer that stood out to me, points in the paint, Miami 48-26. to 26. So they killed him in the paint. I mean, that's where Jimmy Butler makes his living for the most part. And I'm, I'm, I remember that last that game, he, he had a lot of points there. And then we move on to the Denver Nuggets beating the Clippers. Thank God. I'm so happy. I'm so happy the Nuggets beat the Clippers. Like, I hate the Clippers, and I didn't want to see them play the Lakers. Not because I was worried about it, because I feel like the Lakers are going to win 4-1 against whoever they play. Yeah. I just don't like the Clippers. They're a crap team. And to see the Nuggets win, especially if you look at that line, I mean, Jamal Murray had 40 points again, and when that happens, it's going to be tough. But how about Jokic? 16 points, 23 rebounds, 16 assists. He had a triple double after the third quarter, man. Like he was, he came out on a mission last night. The boy's balling. He's going to have a tough, tough, tough matchup with Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis can match up with him physically and he just demolishes him athletically. So that's going to be, I think, an issue for him. But uh, I mean, overall, I think it's going to be a decent series. I mean, I think LA will handle it, but I don't think they're going to be blowouts every game. I'm just stoked that. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big Paul George fan, so I'm pretty happy that they lost. Uh, and then, I mean, do you see the stat? The Clippers are 0-8 in closeout games to get to the conference finals. Oh, that surprise me. 0-8. That's insane to me. Like, how is a team that bad in those situations? Well, especially if you figure the lineup's turning over every couple of years. So it's not even like it's the same guys. Every yeah, it's, it's nuts. Uh, now, the thing that, again, looking over this – you know, is 40 points, like I said, for Jamal Murray. And the thing that I'm excited to see as a Lakers fan is Jamal Murray plays point guard for them. I want to see Rajon Rondo lock down Jamal Murray. He's not going to score 40 points a single game in that series. Rondo's going to lock him down. I bet his, his, his high is going to be 22. Ooh, I don't know about that. I think he'll get to 30 at least once. Um, but yeah, I would expect Rajon Rondo to put the clamps on him too, as well. Honestly, I don't expect much. I mean, I don't expect much from them that series. It may be a sweep, but they're playing great basketball. Yeah, the, the guy I really like on that Nuggets team, and, and he hasn't really done much. I don't, maybe he's hurt. That's why. But is uh, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, I love Michael Porter Jr. I mean, if he didn't get that freak back injury, that guy. I mean, that guy's built to just be a stud in the NBA. Now we talked about you know the superstars. How about the Clippers? Why Leonard fourteen? So between them, they had twenty-four points. I mean, that's not that's not exactly a big two. No, I mean Paul George literally has chocolate pudding going through his veins instead of ice. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard, we know, is a is a stud can 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 handle the business. But I mean, he just had a bad game. He needs help. I mean, I bet he's regretting leaving Toronto. And looking over the team stats, just pure, pure domination. The Nuggets field goal percentage, 50 to 38. Three-point percentage, 35 to 26. Free throw percentage, 94 to 75. They out-rebounded the Clippers, 53 to 37. Uh, uh, and how about this one? He turnovers to 10 for the Clippers. Oh, wow. They just dominated I mean, them in every other aspect of the game. That game wasn't close at all. I mean, they were up by 20, I think, with like – you know, around three minutes left or something, they just, they put it to them. 
So that led me to, I wrote down the question here. Uh, should Doc get fired? Yes. All right. Who would you? I'm not a Doc like- Rivers fan in general. I would fire Doc Rivers. I don't like Doc Rivers at all. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's an okay coach. But if I'm, yeah, if you're at the LA Clippers and you've invested that much money into that rock, you need to bring in uh, somebody who can take that team to the championship. Now, I've gone on record and said I'm not a huge Mark Jackson fan. Uh, I don't really love him the way a lot of people love him, but I do think he'd be a good fit for that Clippers team. I think D'Antoni would be nice too. I'd like to see him there. Uh, I, I think he could go there after. After just the with the Rockets, I mean, why not? You know, I mean, it's it's you get two offensive studs like that, and you know they already play tenacious defense by themselves. He doesn't need to come in there and bring a culture of defense. He can come in there and teach them offense. That's why I think it'd just be a good fit. Um, they already have the defensive structure and mold and game that he doesn't need to bring any of that in. He can just say, "Hey, play your defensive game." And let's just offense, offense, off. let's fucking let's score 120 a game. Also, that's why I think it would be a decent fit. Yeah, I definitely think it's a position that you are bringing in a veteran coach. Like, you're, it's not going to be a first time oh, coach gets this position. It's not going to be a college guy. It's going to be a veteran. I mean, they, uh, Paul George said, "Oh, this wasn't a championship year or bust for them." Blah blah blah, which I think is bullshit. Every year's championship or bust if you're playing on my team. But uh, if Doc Rivers goes. It's still their window is still this big. They've got to get a coach in there to, to win a championship now. So I agree. I mean, I don't think Mark Jackson's a bad choice. You know, I just I would think D'Antoni with that offense and the defense they already play would be a good fit. Now, uh, the NBA, all NBA teams came out. First team, we've got Harden, Giannis, LeBron, AD, and Luka, which makes sense. Second team, Kawhi Leonard, CP3, Lillard. Siakam and Jokic. I didn't really have any issues with anybody. Uh, I saw that Jason Tatum made the third team. I didn't put the third team because who cares? I mean, really, who cares about the second team? The only thing, reason I have the second team is Kawhi Leonard making the second team. It's like, oof, it's going to stink. I mean, who are you putting him over on the first team? Oh, nobody. But I'm saying if you're him, I mean, you didn't do enough to get onto that first team. Yeah, I mean, well, more so the guys in front of him had an incredible, insane years. I mean, you know, Giannis is and, and, uh, LeBron are arguably your your MVPs, you know what I mean? Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, your MV, your arguably your defensive player of the year slash MVP. You know, Luca doing what he did. Uh, James Harden, your scoring champion. You know, Luca Luca having essentially a triple double every day. I mean, he just those five guys just played insane basketball. Well, going from the NBA, hey, hey I get another graphic. Going from the NBA, we have <laughs> the NFL because we had third. Uh, we had uh, Monday Night Football, which we did our show Monday. But here we have the Steelers twenty six sixteen. I have Steelers plus five and a half. Sully gets that one over under forty six and a half. I picked correctly on that one. Uh, Roethlisberger two twenty nine, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Blake Snell, the big story. If you're a fantasy football guy, you know should you pick him up as a free agent? And then of course Saquon Barkley fifteen. Carries if you, if you have him on your fantasy football team, that's uh, not great. No, and I do. Um, it's Benny Snow, by the way, not Blake. Um, but yeah. uh, uh, I definitely have him, and I have James Connor, unfortunately. So it was a bad day for me. But I did have Darius Slayton, and he balled out. Uh, I mean, it was a fun game to watch. I liked it. I mean, I expected you know kind of what I expected: Ben Roethlisberger coming in, looking like Ben Roethlisberger. 
Um, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback or a top five or whatever it may be, but he's very good. He knows what he's going to do. He knows this offense like the back of his hand. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster's in for a big year. Yeah, it should be. Again, I'm not a big Ben fan myself. I don't like Daniel Jones. So here's one of those things where going into the seasons, a lot of people are like, oh, Daniel Jones is going to take that next step. I'm like, no, I think that he had a freak year last year. I do not like Daniel Jones as a quarterback. And I think that that 26 of 41, 279, two picks, two interceptions or two touchdowns, that's kind of what I think he is at his best. Mm, not at his best, but I do think that's who he is. I mean, at his best, he's going to go 30 of 41 for 350 and three touchdowns and two interceptions or one interception. Um, you know, I, I think he's better and you're giving him credit for. He's still super young. He's still learning this offense. Um, I, I would love to see him with a true talent other than Darius Slayton. You know, Sterling Shepard's his number one. I mean, I, I'd love to see him with an Odell Beckham. You know, like, God, that'd be fun to see. But, uh, you know, I just think he still needs a, a time to grow. I like him a lot, though. And so Connor gets her ankle injury, misses the rest of the game. Looks like he's going to be fine for next week. But let me ask you a fantasy question. Uh, Snell or Connor for next week? Uh, I mean, you got to go Connor if his ankle's good. But I, I have James Connor, and I made sure I got Benny Snell in every one of my leagues just to make sure I had that handcuff. I think it's an important handcuff. Um, if, if, if you're depending on James Connor to score you 20, you're, you're in a bad situation. So get a better running back for one. He should be your RB three. And then we have, and, uh, whoops, I clicked on it again. There we go. Uh, we have the Titans 16, 14 over the Broncos. Sully picked the Broncos plus three and would have won that one over under 41 and a half. Again, he, uh, Picked the under, I picked the over, so he won that one as well. Derrick Henry, 31 for 116, does what he does. Corey Davis, nice game for him. Um, so all around, I mean, just looking over the stats here, uh, A.J. Brown, we were talking about that. As a, but hey, he's going to have a big game, and, not, and he had five grabs for 39 yards. So thanks, A.J. Brown. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just kind of the offense. You're going to be very dependent on him scoring after the catch. Whereas Calvin Ridley is going to be open and running deep routes. So that's kind of where I think they're different. But I do think A.J. Brown, the five catches is huge. You know, if you can get five to seven catches a week, you're going to eventually have, you know, great games and things like that. So you're not mad at that. Johnu Smith had a good day. Uh, Noah Font, I mean, had an incredible day. So, I, I mean, I love Drew Locke. I mean, I'm a big fan of Denver. I think this year I think they got or can be sneaky good. So. So I've got tight end heavy in my fantasy league. I've got actually um, – I'm starting three this week. I've got Jonah there. I've got – and so I'm hoping that they keep doing what they're doing because it's going to give me some trade bait to kind of – when we get closer to the trade deadline to see if I can grab maybe another receiver or something like that. So we've got two flex positions, and I'm starting three tight ends this week. So, I'm so yeah, I'm starting – uh, Tyler Higby, Dallas Godair, and uh, Noah Font. I'm starting all three of them. Fuck it. Let's ride it out. Yeah. You know what surprised me was uh, Melvin Gordon getting 15 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. Lindsey only had seven carries for 24 yards. So I thought these guys were going to be 50-50 backs, but it looks like it's going to be heavy Melvin Gordon. Well, Lindsey's got the turf toe issue, if you haven't seen. So oh, okay. he's going for a second opinion today. He may be out about four to six weeks, honestly. So Melvin Gordon's stock just went up. He had the fumble, but... 
you know, that's it, it's it kind of was fluky. He got hit from the side. Melvin Gordon should be in for a big role over there. What do you think about Drew Locke's uh, performance? 66% completion, 216 touchdown, no picks. I mean, I think he played well. Uh, I think he needs help. He, man, Cortland Sutton back on that field is going to be huge for him. Um, he, missed, he was missing Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy's great, but he's still very, very young. So I think he just needs help. Noah Font stepped up and played really well. But, again, you put Cortland Sutton in that offense, and I, I, I love Drew Locke. I think he's going to have a big season. All right, and that would lead us into our third. We'll get to talk about it until Monday, but we got the Bengals and the Browns. The Browns are the Browns are minus five and a half. So, uh, what do you think about that? Again, uh, I feel like I got my ass kicked in the last one, three to one. So, uh, this one we've got over under, and we've got minus five and a half. Here's my thing on the five five and a half. I'll get back to the over under. It's under all all day long. I mean, the Bengals put up uh, thirteen points last week. The uh, Browns put up six. So that's 19 points they put up combined, and the over-under is 43 and a half. So rookie quarter back, Baker Mayfield. Um, you kind of glitched out. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, so I said I'm definitely taking the 43 uh, under on the 43 and a half because the, uh, the Bengals and the Browns scored a combined 19 points last week. Yeah, no, uh, that one I agree with. Now, don't watch out, though, because they gave up a combined, like, 60. So, <laughs> so you know, you never know. It could go the other way. The Browns' defense is bad, but I agree with you. I think I'm going to stick with the under there, but I'm taking the points and the Bengals this week. I want the five and a half. If I was betting it, I'd buy up to seven and a half, though. I'd buy two points, get it up to seven and a half, maybe feel a little better. But if you're not up for buying points, take the five and a half, ride it out. I think I'm, I'm over it. I've, I've, I've lit my, my my TNT. I'm blowing the Browns up. That team's bad. They're always going to be bad. The Bengals didn't look terrible. And, I mean, that's a huge step. When you, can't, when you have that young of a roster and you don't look awful, I don't think that's a bad thing. So I think they can come in there and I think they can beat a, a terrible Browns team you know, 24 to 10 or something like that. Comment here from Michael Wilkinson, 19 points greater than 19 views. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Yeah. So I I would actually take the Browns. I was thinking about this because I just, I still like Baker Mayfield. I still like they have two backs who can put up a hundred yards each. If they want, you've got, Jarvis Landry, you've got Odell Beckham Jr., you've got Njoku had a touchdown, you know, last week. So yeah, maybe you know, no, yeah, he's up, but whatever. But so they've got this. I mean, he did have a touchdown, Austin, but now he's on the IR. So yeah, yeah. So you got Austin Hooper. I just think that that offense altogether. Uh, I, I like the Browns' offense enough to say take the Browns and give up the five and a half. I don't. I don't hate that pick, honestly. If I'm really going more out on a limb here, I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Mixon. I love Tyler Boyd. I think they got a great little trio of, of something going on there, and I just want to see it succeed. So I'm getting behind it, man. Bam, let's go. And that is going to lead us into our Infinity Five, and I got a great intro video. The intro video is probably going to be the best part of the Infinity <laughs> Five. Get to it. Uh- Watch this. Go. Oh. Woo. Back up. 
Alibaba, he had them 40 feet. Shahrazad, he had a thousand tails. But master, you're in luck because up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now, heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch for sand. And how? All you gotta do is rub that lamp, and then I'll say, Mr. Man, what's your name? Whatever, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, I'll jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. So, <laughs> never had a friend like me. I was over here jiving too, man. Shit, that was lit. Now, you may be wondering, what is your Infinity Five? Is it your five favorite Will Smith movies? That would be a good one for later. Um, but it is actually going to be uh, we have a magic lamp and a sports genie is going to come out and grant us our five sports wishes. What are five things that we would like to see? And what we are going to see. So Michael doesn't like the intro. He says, I sleep copyright claim. Okay. I smell. Yeah, it's, it's what I assume yeah. he was going to say. Yeah, probably. But no, it's fine because it's less than a certain amount of time. So uh, <laughs> let's go with our, our five things we want to see. I mean, I'll start things off to give people an idea of what we're talking about here. My number five is I want to see a Toyota. It's such a redneck, you know, Chevy and Ford sport that I would love to see a Toyota uh, Daytona 500 winner. If there's already been one, then, you know, my genie, my wish has already been granted. If there's already been one, I clearly didn't do any research into this, and I just shot from the hip. I might have been writing it down as before we started the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't be mad at that. Uh, oh, our video just got blocked um, by somebody. Yeah, I wonder if it's our video. <laughs> oh, on uh, YouTube, I think, right? Or, anyway, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was it was on Facebook. It popped up. It said your video has been blocked due to, and then I don't know what. I wonder if it was because of the Aladdin thing. Um, all right, so I'm going to start off with my first one, and we're just going to go with the simple, easy peasy one. I want all of my teams to win a championship. I want the Rays to win one, the Lightning, the Bucks, and Manchester United. More importantly, I just want the Rays to win a World Series. It means so much to me. All right. And I think uh, the only way it's number, gonna happen uh, is if I wish I, on a magic lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my uh, number four is I have I want uh, Shoyo Tani to throw a no hitter and hit for the cycle in the same game. Oh, that'd be dope as fuck. Yeah, that's that'd a good cool. one. That's a good one. See, it's a good one. That was a good one <laughs> for just making it up beforehand. That was a good one. Um, I want to see Mike Trout win the triple crown in baseball and win a world series. I'd just like to see it happen. All right. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. I have uh, uh, number three or four, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I want Giannis to go to the golden state warriors. Uh, so I, I flipped out. I want Giannis to go to the golden state warriors just because I love super teams. And uh, I want to see a team go 82 and 0. I don't think they would with him, but I want to see him go there just to build another super team. My number three is I want to see Giannis go to Dallas and play with Chris Stapps and Luca. That's fucking awesome because I think him, Luca, and Chris Stapps, I think they'd be a better team than Steph and Clay with Giannis, honestly. Uh, number two, I want to slam. I want him to win all four majors in a year. He just missed it back in 2000, 2001. Uh, I, I want to see him win all four in the same year. Who? Tiger Woods. Oh. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, that'd be dope. 
Um, my number two is I want to see John Morant and Zion Williamson play for the same team. Yeah, that would be interesting. Kind of like Carmelo and LeBron. Love, I would love to see them play together. I just think also, too, their styles would be incredible together, the lobs back and forth, and I just think it would be insane to watch. I would love – I mean, if I could wish for something, that would be that. And then I have uh, my number one. This is something thing I I would love to see with the XFL and play the XFL because I am a huge Tim Tebow fan. I keep calling him black with this. I'm yeah, Tim you're Tebow you're very fan, and I would love to see him. All right. Uh, so I was just saying that I would I keep doing it. I would love to see uh, Tim Tebow sign with the XFL and play with the XFL. Oh. Nice. Okay. Uh, I would love that too. I mean, I, I love Tim Tebow. I'm a Gator boy. So chomp, chomp, baby. Um, my number one is I, I want to see Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Nice. And he should yeah. be. He should be. That's what I mean. And he, I mean, if I could wish for – because you can't wish for somebody to die. You can't wish – no, you can't wish to bring back somebody from the dead. You can't wish to kill somebody and shit like that. I mean, if I could, I'd have Rob Manfred and Bud Selig fucking. I mean, Bud Selig's already dead, but you know what I mean. All right. Well, that kind of wraps it up. It looks like we've got a few minutes left. Obviously, we have zero viewers right now. So I'm guessing we got kicked off of uh, Facebook. Today. Yeah. I think they banned us because of our video. Your, your, your shit may actually so get us kicked off. Um. So yeah, just definitely listen to the entire podcast, see how it goes. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening and viewing in, and and you can find us on YouTube and visit the store, uh, InfinitySportsPodcast.com, and check out the Sully Collection. I think To Be Fair should be a shirt. I think we can get a To Be Fair shirt. I yeah, I think we need to get a To Be Fair shirt at this point. I mean, To Be Fair, we need one. And then uh, other than that, I'd say it's time for me to throw it to Kenny. So uh, hey, Kenny, uh, you know what's up, my man? What's going on? <laughs> 